It's Live at Five Sports, Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. And uh, Bill sitting in for Todd this week. And Jim, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, there may be a budding rivalry between the Minnesota Lynx and uh, the Dallas Wings uh, based on the last couple of meetings. Definitely. A very feisty game last night. The Lynx actually played really well to pull it out. Dallas is a very talented team. Of course, one of the reasons, (laughs) one of the things that sparked all the uh, commotion at the end is the fact that Bridget Carlton is a very good, you know, a good bench player who played really well last night and who uh, generally is considered a very nice player, nice person and clean player. She, you know, violated that new rule where you have to allow a shooter uh, a place to land, and she kind of came down. She Sabali, who's an excellent player, uh, came down on Bridget's foot a couple of times, ended up injuring her ankle, and then a couple of Lynx fans behind the Lynx bench were basically cheering the fact that she was injured, uh, which caused her to get very upset and the Dallas team to get very upset, and uh, got chippy. You know, Sabali, uh, you know, kind of Carlton gave her a foul out near midcourt, and Sabali basically put a wrestling move on her. So it, it was intense, and uh, these teams are fighting for you know uh, the best possible seed. Maybe a fourth seed is in play. Dallas is in fourth place right now. Now the Lynx have to go down there and play them. I'm sure they're going to be fired up. Yeah, you, you know that was uh, you don't see that combination of things in the WNBA fan mis- fan misbehavior, hyper physical play, and really teams. You know, I mean the old cliche in sports is these teams don't like each other, and usually. You know, that's not all that true. In this case, I think it's actually true. Well, and how much do you think it was that they, uh, you know, the the Wings hung a 40-point loss on them, uh, you know, in their last meeting? you think that, uh, you know, the Lynx uh, uh, had something to prove? I mean, they weren't going to get walked on again like that, I'm guessing. That was part of it, and also they played horribly on Sunday night in a game they absolutely should have won against a bad Seattle team, and they got beat in a game that could have made a big difference for them. So, you know, just the natural human nature. You play your best probably when you you feel most embarrassed, um, and they have been embarrassed in a couple of ways this year. What about some of this uh, fan behavior? Uh, you know, uh, it apparently was not just then, but that there's been with some kind of disparaging remarks. I mean, is that kind of common in the NBA when people are paying those big bucks for, for those courtside seats? I would think they'd be a little bit better behaved, I guess. I, honestly, you get all kinds. Uh, I've been, you know, I, I mean, I know, I know my experiences, there are, there are rich people who act like jerks. There are people who are just very happy to be in the arena, anywhere, sit anywhere. There are people who think it's just a, an entertainment event, and they're going to cheer a little bit and maybe boo a little bit. And there are people who take it way too seriously. Um, it's, a, it's a weird weird thing for me to say because I kind of make my living off the passion of sports fans, but there are just people in the world who care way too much about sports. They identify with the team as if it's a family member. Um, and actually, you know, when the Internet became a big thing, I read a bunch of studies, you know, I was trying to figure out why, you know, okay, I just I wrote something that was semi-critical of a local team, and you get hate mail or hate email, hate comments, whatever. I was like, I can't imagine myself doing that. Actually, there have been a lot of psychological studies People do end up identifying with their local favorite sports team as if it's a son or a daughter, uh, and they cannot stand to see that person criticized, or they, they have their self-worth wrapped up in the local team. And, uh, and when that happens, then it, you know, psych- that person can justify misbehavior because they've put too much into that team. Kind of reminds me of that movie, what was it, The Fanatic or whatever, uh, the many, fan, yeah. yeah, the fan. It came out many years ago, short for fanatic, I guess. And, uh, you know, though, uh, I think you mentioned the social media aspect. I, I wonder how many of those people that really, 
you know, jumped on you would actually say anything to you to your face? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I, I walk around sporting events. I walk around Minneapolis. Um, you know, I, my band plays in public places. We do podcasts in public places. And, you know, uh, people are much more likely to give you a dirty look than they are to say anything. Uh, I would say about 1% of the people who will attack you on social media would actually say something to your face. That would have been my guess, too. Uh, it's, it's one thing to kind of hide behind, the, you know, that anonymity. Uh, the Twins, they, they look like a lot of Twins fans made the trip over to Milwaukee, and maybe some of them live over there. I guess uh, you can't rule that out. But uh, it seemed like uh, they had a pretty good turnout there, over 30,000, I think, uh, last night. And, boy, I'll tell you what, that game really turned in that sixth inning. Uh, a lot of people questioning why did they take Ober out. He seemed to really have just found his groove the prior two innings. Well, that's the thing. I, I understand what they were thinking. They're thinking, okay, he's at 78 pitches. Uh, he's way over his previous uh, innings mark. He'd never, he's never pitched as many innings in his life. In one season, they're trying to protect him for the stretch run. Um, they might go, you know, and they're thinking, okay, if he throws another 15 pitches, 15, 16 pitches, which is what he was averaging, he's going up in the 94 pitch range, maybe a little worn out. But I think what you said is the key here. He was a little sloppy early on. He seemed to have found something. He looked like to me he was pitching the best he's pitched in a long time. Uh, the last couple of innings there, he was very efficient. He was getting swings and misses, and you know. Floro is he has some talent. He has a good breaking pitch. He should be tough on right handers, but he's not the guy you want coming in in a pennant race with a one run lead. Uh, I just, you know, so in that situation, uh, I think Ober should have gone out for the sixth inning. And, you know, I, and I, again, I understand the philosophy, the modern philosophy, and, and honestly, the philosophy usually with Tom Kelly, unless he really trusts his starting pitcher, was get the guy out before he gets you into trouble, before he have people runners on second base and you got to bring in a reliever cold and hope the reliever has it right away. I get the philosophies. In this case, I thought Ober was pitching so well at that point, I would not have taken him out. Because you know what? If Ober pitches a six and gets through it, then you have Pagan, um, who's been great lately, Jax, Thielbar, and Duran to pitch the last three innings, uh, and I, I would feel much better about the, the possibility of winning that game. Yeah, and I think Thielbar was actually up, uh, you know, some uh, in the yep. bullpen. Uh, so based, if I'm sure, if they could have kept it close at that point, a lot of reference made. You know, the roof was open at American Family uh, Field, but uh, a lot of reference. You know, the heat that we've been experiencing the last couple of days arriving there, uh, that it would really be hot for today's game. And of course, we're recording this just before first pitch. But uh, don't they have air conditioning in that dump? They really don't. <laughs> Uh, and it's a problem uh, that was built. I think we talked about it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That that building was, you know, it was supposed to be kind of a spectacle, a huge, great retractable roof stadium, and nothing really worked all that well. Uh, the roof, they've had problems with the roof. Uh, if they do have air conditioning, it doesn't work very well. I can attest to that. Um, it just, it's just not as good as the other new ballparks. Just not. The only thing I could see, and it's hard to gauge because I have never been there, but it seemed like the sight lines are pretty good. You know, for the fans, uh, the way it's set up, uh, there's, you know, quite a few seats that probably have a pretty good view of the field. Yeah, that's true. And, and listen, it's, it, and I have to put it in context here. It's not a bad ballpark park. It's not a bad place to watch a game. I always enjoyed going there. I'm just saying that, you know, they have had, they did have construction problems. They had uh, functionality problems with the roof. And, you know, if you compare it to 
the previous generation of ballparks, kind of all big, the big concrete multi-use stadiums, it's great. You compare it to Camden Yards and Target Field and Petco, and you know, it, then it just doesn't stack up. Twins may be catching Texas hopefully at the right time. They're scuffling right now. Their lead has really shrunk, and I think they're on a seven-game losing streak and have won three of their last uh, ten. Uh, you know, I know things can turn on a dime. I know I was not expecting the Dodgers to lose to the Guardians either, but it is baseball, and I suppose on any given day, you know, anybody can uh, can uh, can notch a victory. They're all getting paid. But uh, what is the deal with the Rangers right now? Because, uh, you know, they've been in first place for a really a long time. Honestly, I don't know if I can put my finger. I mean, listen, every team, the, the best teams in Major League Baseball, the worst teams in Major League Baseball, can all go on a streak that defies logic. Um, and, you know, you could, you could argue that the Rangers overachieved for the first four months of the season, and they're just kind of hitting a little market correction here. Uh, just as when the Twins were at their worst, you could say, okay, well, they're better than this. They're going to have a certain – I mean – the Yankees, but the Yankees are spending two hundred million dollars in players, and they're on a what an eight or nine game losing streak. That's why I always just say, you know, we analyze, we talk about baseball on an everyday basis because we like to, and because they play every day. You really should take the season in like much bigger chunks because again, anybody can lose or win on any given day. Um, and like last night was a really disappointing outing for the Twins. They played poorly. They played poorly in the field, and that inning that Floro gave up the five runs. Uh, and it has no relation to what's going to happen today. Actually, absolutely. And the Yankees now, longest losing streak since 1982. That's pretty amazing. Yes, and uh, it is also amazing that the Yankees have won one World Series since 2000. I know. Yeah, with the money they've spent, they've not necessarily got a good bang for the buck. Yeah, you need to have young player, good young players win. Uh, that's why, even though they are very uneven, um, there's some real promise here between Julian, Walner, Royce Lewis, Brooks Lee knocking on the door, Austin Martin playing really well. You know, they, they have some really good young players. And, and Jeffers has basically been their best player for a while now. They have a bunch of really good young players, and it'll be really interesting to see if they, how they handle the next month and a half because they could put this team over the top or their inconsistencies could be a real problem. Well said, Jim. Have a great day. Try to stay in a cool spot, and we'll hope things get a little better as far as the weather tomorrow. Great. Thank you, Bill.